In today's episode of the Having It All podcast, I'm talking about New Year's resolutions and why most of us suck at keeping them alive. Welcome to the Having It All podcast, the show about what it takes to live an abundant, loving life. My name is Matthew Bivens, and each week I'm helping you get out of your head so that you can truly have it all. Let's do it. It's two days before the new year, and so today I want to talk about New Year's resolutions and why so many of us have a challenging time keeping them going. So here's how this episode is going to flow. First, I've done a little bit of research, and I want to share the research and statistics about why we fail at New Year's resolutions. Then I'm going to share what I think is a pretty interesting uh, psychological phenomena around failure at resolutions. And I'm going to wrap this episode up with my number one reason, the number one thing that I've observed in people and in myself uh, with why resolutions and really just completing any sort of goal, especially when it's around health and habits is concerned. I'm going to talk about that number one reason. And then we're going to move into the action portion of the episode called move. So let's kick it off with the research and um, everything that I'm going to share right now, I'm going to put in the show notes for this episode. So you can go over to firesidenetwork.com, click on this episode and in the show notes, you'll see all the links to the articles and all the, the great stuff that I used. But 50% of people are going to set a New Year's resolution Sometime, they probably have already said it, but between now and January 1st, 50% of us are going to actually sit down and say, okay, here's what I want to accomplish. Here's my big goal for 2017. And this is what I thought was pretty damn interesting. 25% of those people are going to have totally abandoned their resolution in the first week. Seven days is all it takes for 25% of you to fail or quit at that New Year's resolution. And by the end of the year, only about 8% of us are gonna have actually completed what we said we would at the beginning of the year. 8%, I think that's pretty damn pitiful, 8%. But that's the reality, you know, that's what happens. And that's, you know, one of the things about setting these New Year's resolutions is that I believe we do them because other people do them, because that's the thing that you're supposed to do at the end of the year, you, you set, you look back at the, at the year that just passed and the things that you had wanted to accomplish and didn't, and you say, okay, I'm going to get my ass in gear and I'm going to do that next year. I'm going to make it happen. I'm actually going to talk a little bit about um, that sort of self-talk and that the, the, cultural, um, the cultural phenomena behind that a little bit later. But um, one thing I thought was interesting in my research for this episode was that Many people will make the same resolution year after year. And that in and of itself isn't too, you know, that doesn't blow my mind or anything. But 10 times, 10 times, that's, that's how many times that the average person will set the same intention to make some sort of shift in their life. And for the people who actually complete these resolutions, whether it's in the year they set it or, you know, in future years, it typically takes six times, six different trials. So let's say that your resolution is to quit smoking. What that, what that piece of data is saying is that you will try six times before you actually succeed and whatever success is for you and your resolution. 
And let's look, let's look at some of the top resolutions. And I imagine that uh, at least one of these will be on your list for 2017. The top resolutions are to exercise more, lose weight, quit smoking, get out of debt, and to manage money better. So how many of those are on your list for 2017? Some of the interesting things that I came across in my research were some common reasons for failure. And these are the reasons that are, are typically shared as to why folks like you and I will fail at our news resolutions. And that's because we set too many. We might have, you know, I, I listed out five. You might have all five of those on your list. That's just too damn many to try to accomplish in, in one year. Another reason why you might fail is because you get derailed by small setbacks or small failures. You know, let's say that you have a weight loss goal. And so you tell yourself you're going to exercise every single day. And then you miss a day. Stuff happens and you don't go. You will get derailed by that little failure and you'll say to yourself, you know what, I, I can never keep these things going. I can't even keep this small promise to myself. It's not even worth me continuing. And you get totally shut down by that one little failure. Another reason why you won't succeed at your New Year's resolutions is because you get overly ambitious. You just set goals that are way too big. They're just unrealistic to accomplish with, with 12 months, within 12 months, especially considering that you haven't been doing it the prior year. That's the thing about New Year's resolutions, man. That we, we don't set resolutions on things that we're great at doing or things that we enjoy doing or things that we've been successful at doing. We set resolutions on things that we've been failing at that we've wanted to accomplish but haven't been able to for whatever reason. Resolutions are typically things that, you know, the process to get there is going to suck. You know, if, you're, if your resolution is to become debt-free, well, the process might include you budgeting. It might include you cutting back. It might include having to get rid of some of the indulgences that you have, some of the, the areas that you spend money that are just frivolous. You might have to stop those things. And, you know, that might not be fun. And so we will set these goals and we'll, we'll say to ourselves, oh, I can't wait to, 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 to get to that place, to be that person who achieved the goal. But we just don't realize that how unrealistic some of these goals might be. Another reason why folks fail is because you're overly restrictive with your goals. You say something like, I'm going to eat zero sugar. That's just, again, unrealistic and it's just putting far too many restrictions, and setting yourself up for failure. Especially if you haven't been doing, making any small changes in your eating habits, for example, throughout the year. You're just expecting to make one incredibly dramatic change. It's not going to happen. And the last common reason I have for why people fail is because you think you're going to be able to change more than you actually will. You think you're going to be able to change faster than you actually will. And you think you'll be able to change more easily than you actually will. So amount, speed, and ease. All three of those things are, are areas where you are setting yourself up to just get knocked down on your ass.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And so those, so those are some of the common reasons for failure. And now I want to flow into some tips. And again, this is all just the, the based on the research that I've been doing. And I still haven't shared my number one reason why people fail. And so here are some tips. I got this from an article. Uh, I believe this was Psychology Today. It has a few tips on, on uh, how to keep your New Year's resolutions going. And I think they're great. I think they're solid. Um, I'm excited to share my big tip. But anyway, let's get into these. So some tips are to focus on one resolution rather than several. Like I said, one of the reasons that people fail is because you set too many goals. You set too many resolutions. You want to lose all the weight. You want to create all these healthy habits. You want to stop smoking. You want to do all these different things for your health as opposed to just picking one. Pick one goal and focus on that. Build momentum. Another tip is to set realistic goals realistic and very specific goals. You know, so just saying that you want to lose weight, that's not a specific goal. Saying you want to lose 10 pounds in six months, that is more specific and that's probably more realistic. Another tip is to not wait until the New Year's Eve to make your resolution. You know, don't wait until today or tomorrow to actually sit down and make your resolution. Have it be something that you make and work on all year long. Because if it's a resolution, it's probably something big. You know, again, it get back to like the, the, the cultural phenomena behind setting resolutions. These are things that you want to share to your friends and be like, this is my resolution for next year. And it's typically a big thing. And everyone says, wow, that's awesome. Good for you. I know you can do it. And if that's the case, then it's got to be something that, you know, the, the, the process to get there is typically going to be long. It's going to take time. It's going to require patience. And so have your new, make your New Year's resolutions things that you are going to work on all year long. Another tip is to take small steps. This gets back to having goals that are just too big, too big. So make, you know, make them, even if it is a big goal, break it down into very small individual actions, little things that you can do. And the reason why you want to do that is because you end up building momentum. Give yourself the small wins. And those small wins will add up over time. Another tip is to have an accountability buddy. I'm huge on accountability. This podcast is a form of me holding myself accountable. You all hold me accountable. I'm a part of an accountability group. So I'm a big, big advocate for accountability. But here's the thing. If you're going to choose an accountability buddy, you have to choose somebody who's actually going to hold you accountable. Two people who are just going to say, yeah, let's do this. Come on, high fives. But then don't actually, you know, tell it like it is. You don't give the tough love when, when they need it. That's not an accountability buddy. That's somebody who's going to support you in your failure. So you need somebody who you know is going to bite into your ass when you need to hear it. That's the type of accountability buddy that we're talking about. Another tip is to celebrate the successes 
between those milestones. So if your goal is to lose a bunch of weight, celebrate the, the, the incremental progress that you're making on your way to accomplishing that goal. Every little step that you take, every movement forward is a win. Every movement forward is, is progress towards getting to that mountaintop. Recognize it, become aware of it, and celebrate it. Again, that's how you're going to build momentum. The small wins. Give yourself credit for those things. Because a lot of what, what New Year's resolutions comes down to is habits. You know, we've, we've formed these habits over the course of many years, decades even, that have been pulling down our health or pulling down our energy, pulling down our life force. And what you're trying to do is to reverse those habits. That shit is challenging. Think about it. You know, like, like I've, got, I've got buddies who had been smokers since they were teenagers. So now they're in their mid-30s and they want to quit smoking. You have two decades of experience on that smoking habit. And you want to quit smoking in one year. Whether or not that's a realistic goal, the habit that you're trying to reverse, the attachments that you're trying to reverse, are things that have had decades worth of time to cement themselves and to implant themselves. So celebrate every single win along that process. That's the only way you're going to give yourself a chance to actually accomplish these resolutions. There's a couple more tips, but I'm going to, I want to move on. Again, I'm going to put all these, uh, these articles in the show notes and you can check it out there. Uh, I think I hit the big ones. And now I want to move on to the psychological phenomena that I thought was pretty interesting as to why we do not accomplish our New Year's resolutions. And it's called effective forecasting. So again, I'll have the link to this article. It's pretty dope. But the gist of, uh, of effective forecasting is that resolutions, like I've said a couple times, are typically things that we have not been able to accomplish in the past, you know, during the past year. So let's just, you know, we'll use this year as an example. The resolution that you're going to set for 2017 is probably something that you failed at in 2016. So what happens is you end up feeling gratification and satisfaction and you feel great simply about by thinking about your resolution. Because it is something that you have not been able to achieve, simply thinking about achieving it makes you feel great. And so the intention of, of accomplishing and reaching your new, new Year's resolution will satisfy you in the moment. It'll satisfy you right now. And, and you like that because you don't have to actually go out and do anything to feel that satisfaction. You just have to think about it. And all of this makes sense is because when, when you think about the New Year's resolution, you feel great in the moment. You feel excited about that new you that you're, that you're visualizing. The new you that's going to be a reality by the end of the year. And here's the kicker. You predict or you expect that you're going to feel that way along your path to accomplishing that New Year's resolution. However, when you finally get into action and it doesn't feel great, it doesn't feel the same way it did when you were first thinking about your resolution, that's when you stop. That's when you start to doubt your abilities. That's when you start to doubt 
whether or not the goal is realistic, that's when you get derailed. And that's when sitting on the couch, binge watching that Netflix show sounds a lot better than getting up and doing whatever it is that you said you were going to do. So be aware of this because this is tricky, man. This has to do with you know, you, you, your, your thinking and psychology. Be aware of how that works. And I totally get it. I have absolutely done that where you envision yourself at a certain area, being a certain way, looking a certain way, feeling a certain way, and that creates great feelings within you in this moment. But that can actually hurt your ability or your chances to accomplish that thing because when it gets down to it, when life starts hitting you, you don't have a big enough reason to keep moving forward. And that segues nicely into the, the, my number one reason why people fail at not, not just New Year's resolutions, but major goals in general. And that big reason is because your why is too small. Your purpose, your mission, the reason why you're getting up and doing it in the first place is too small. It's not big enough to weather the storm of life circumstances, of criticism, of being tired, of feeling apathetic. It, it's not big enough to weather those things. And that's why you fail at New Year's resolutions. I think a lot of folks are just not ready for, to make a change. You know, like I've said, you, you've set New Year's resolutions because other people have done them. Because that's what you're supposed to do before the new year. But you're very attached to the habits that you're trying to shift. And habits can be actions. Habits can be thoughts. Habits can be relationships. And you're, you're so attached to those, those habits that have gotten you to where you are today but you're unwilling to release those attachments. So you get started on a New Year's resolution and things go well for a couple of days, a couple of weeks, maybe even a month. And then those attachments really begin to get tested. And so you fall back on the habits that got you there in the first place. The habits that you've put in a lot of reps on. And then the cycle repeats itself. And then following year you say, okay, I'm going to get this done. And like I said at the top of the episode, many folks will do the same resolution 10 times. They'll repeat that, that pattern 10 times. And on average, the people who actually succeed have tried at it six times. Just think about, I mean, let's think about if they're doing that once a year. Six years to actually accomplish whatever the goal was. And I believe it's because their why is too small. So when I'm talking about the why, I'm talking about what's inspiring you to wake up and get going each day. What bigger purpose are you serving? Why even shift your health? Why quit smoking? Why get out of debt? Why work on managing your money better? If your why is not big enough, you will stop at some point. The fuel that your why is pumping into you will run out. 
And so you always have to make sure that your why is big enough to make it through whatever life circumstances are going to throw your way. And so with health and fitness, for example, you have to make sure that your why is bigger than health and fitness. If your big why for losing weight is to simply be healthier, it's going to stop. It's going to run out. You're going to get to the point where you're like, you know what? I don't even, I don't really need to be healthier. Your ego is going to kick in. You're going to rationalize. You're going to justify. You're going to be in some sort of denial. And it's because the why is too small. That's the number one reason for why people fail at their New Year's resolutions. Their why is too small. And there's a lot of different motivating factors behind people accomplishing goals. Sometimes it's they want to prove someone wrong. Sometimes they want to be a, a, an example for their kids or their, or their friends. W- whatever it is for you, just get very clear on it. And I'm actually going through a mission statement process right now. And I'll back up real quick. When I say why, bigger purpose, and mission statement, those can all be interchanged. So your big why is also your mission statement. Or you can think of it as whatever that, that big why is for you, whatever the reason for getting up and, and going out and grinding and making it happen, you ter- can turn that into an actual mission statement. And that's the process that I'm going through right now with Sarah, my wife. She's a balanced lifestyle coach. She's a mission statement specialist. And she works with people to extract that big, that purpose, that bigger why, and turn it into a a powerful mission statement that's going to fuel them to accomplishing goals in the face of life circumstances. And so right now I'm going through and I'm examining my beliefs. I'm looking at my values. I'm, I'm, I'm defining what they mean to me. I'm exploring my gifts, my talents, my passions. I'm looking at the environments that I'm in. I'm, I'm asking myself, what does abundance mean to me? And by the end of the process, I'm going to have a mission statement, an actual paragraph, sentence, whatever it is, that's going to act as my North Star. And what I'm going to do is put the older versions of my mission statement in the show notes as well. So they're in there. You can go check them out. So you can see how my personal mission statement has evolved over time. Because it has. Because these things change. I think there's a difference between purpose and mission statement. You know, I think your purpose might be fundamentally what you're here on earth to do or to experience. And your mission statement is more of something that's happening right now. It's relevant to today. My mission today is this. Or my mission this year is this, or my mission in this season of life is this. And it, that's going to change. And so if you go check out my mission statements, you'll see how they've evolved over time. I think the first one I wrote was in 2013. And I believe I'm on my fourth right now. So it's been just about one, one a year. One time, once every year, I've, I've shifted it up. And so now we're going to get into the portion of the podcast where I am challenging you to move. Let's get exceptionally clear on what your big why is. 
and turn that big why into a personal mission statement. That's how I want you guys to move this week. And there are so many ways to do it. There's, there's many ways to, to create your own personal mission statement. I absolutely recommend that whether you do that at this time or sometime in the future, at some point you sit down with somebody who has experience in crafting powerful, intentional mission statements because they can absolutely fuel you and they will impact you. They will have an impact on your, your habits, your actions, your relationships, your thoughts. And so at some point, I recommend you sit down with somebody who has experience doing them and you go through a process similar to the one that I'm going through. But here's the thing. Simply spending 10 minutes thinking about your why and composing a, a simple mission statement will empower you. It will ignite that flame. It will, will add more fuel to the fire so that when life starts hitting you, when the winds start coming, when the rain starts splashing, your fire won't go out. And so this week's specific action I want you to take is I want you to spend 10 minutes thinking about and writing down your big why. So I want you to spend five minutes just thinking about it. Think about what, what gets you up in the morning. What fuels you? What's your bigger purpose? Why are you here? Why do you want to, to accomplish that New Year's resolution? Keep asking yourself why. Spend five minutes doing it. So if you say, I want to accomplish this, uh, my, my, my resolution is to become more healthy and fit. Okay, why? Well, because I want to feel better. I want to have more energy and I want to live longer. Why? Well, because I have kids and I want to be able to be around for their kids and I want to be the type of grandparent who can go out and play and run with them. Well, why? So keep asking yourself why. Keep digging down until you get to the core of what it is. Spend five minutes doing that. Then spend the next five minutes turning that why into a powerful mission statement. A single sentence. A sentence that you can write down on a piece of paper, paste it. We don't use paste anymore. Tape it on your bathroom mirror. You know, put it in your phone as a reminder to pop up every morning so you're reading your mission statement. Stick it in your wallet. Put it wherever you need to so that it's in front of your face so that you're constantly seeing it and you're seeing, this is my mission. This is what I'm here to do right now. So I'm only asking you to spend 10 minutes on that. It's not a lot of time at all. 10 minutes. Five minutes thinking about it. Five minutes writing it down. And your mission statement is going to fuel the motivation. It's going to fuel your fire to accomplish that New Year's resolution, whatever your resolution is. And it's also going to act as your North Star, your guidepost for when you're dealing with life circumstances in general. Because life is going to throw you curveballs and it's going to try to knock you off your path. But by having a mission statement, you can always say, okay, this is what I'm playing for. This is what I'm about right now. And life has just hit me from the left. Life has uppercut me from the right, but I'm staying straight because this is my mission statement. So once again, I've included my, the versions of my personal mission statement um, in the show notes. So if you need some, some sort of uh, examples of what they might look like, you can go check that out in the show notes at firesidenetwork.com. You can also simply Google personal mission statements. 
Um, the first time that I had really thought about and read on personal mission statements was in uh, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Stephen Covey. Um, the second habit is, habit number two is begin with the end in mind. And in that chapter, he talks all about personal mission statements and he lists a lot of different examples. Uh, some people have, you know, a bullet list of things. Some people have a single sentence. Some people have a paragraph. So there's many different ways that you can actually compose your personal mission statement. And uh, if you need examples, then I recommend um, Googling seven habits of highly effective people. See if you can find that second habit, that chapter. I think it's just, I don't know if it's chapter two, but it's definitely habit to begin with the end in mind and see if you can uh, read about it in there or just Google personal mission statement in general and um, see what, what is out there on it and find some examples for yourself. And, you know, I want to I wanna hear what your mission statements are. I would love to hear, if you already have one, that's awesome, share it with me. Um, but if you, if you go through the, the uh, move activity for this week, then I absolutely want to hear what you come up with. And I would love to even read them on air. That'd be really cool. So email me. I have a, uh, per- this is my personal email address. This goes right into my personal inbox. And uh, email me your, your personal mission statement and we'll talk about it. My email is Matt. Bivens at gmail.com, M-A-T-T-C-B-I-V-E-N-S at gmail.com. Shoot me an email, send me your personal mission statement, and let's get, let's kick some ass on news resolutions. I mean, seriously, let, let's not be the, the 25% who quit after week one, freaking week one, you know? And, and I absolutely believe that the folks listening to this podcast you know, if, if 50% of us are going to set a news resolution, I know that more than 8% can finish it by the end of the year. So set your personal mission statement, get out there and kick some ass. Today's gratitude goes to all of you who have left a review on iTunes. Thank you so, so much for taking a minute to do that. I really do appreciate it. If you want to leave a review yourself, then iTunes is definitely the place to do it. And why leave a review anyway? Well, for one, reviews really do help this show to reach new ears. So if you want other folks to enjoy some of the content that you've enjoyed, then a review on iTunes is definitely a way to do that. And I would greatly appreciate it. Also want to send some gratitude to Joey Pecoraro and Maxwell. For the music that was used in today's episode. Links to both of these tracks can be found in the show notes over on firesidenetwork.com, along with links to all the stuff I mentioned in today's episode. And I want to end this gratitude by saying thank you to 2016. I know that right now in the, in the news, in the blogosphere, on social media, there's a lot of hate going towards 2016 for all the things that have happened this year, the the people who have transitioned this year. I actually want to say thank you. I want to say thank you to 2016 for all the opportunities for me to grow and to see who I am and who I am being and to really step up and to choose love, to choose powerfully, to choose principle. I've had so many opportunities to do that this year and opportunities to create and to to be bold and courageous and authentic and transparent and so 2016 provided all of that 
and I want to say thank you. Um, I want to say thank you for you who have listened to this show. You know, simply clicking play has been a, a, a huge support to this show and um, has really filled up my love tank. You know, it's, it's, it's shown me that people are digging what I'm putting out there and that some of the messages and the things that I'm talking about, other folks are experiencing them as well. And it allows me to connect with you all on a very human level. And so thank you for listening. Thank you for writing in. Thank you for downloading and supporting this show. It's pretty cool because this episode is number 60 and we published 60 episodes in 2016. I think that's awesome. And so I'm very excited for what 2017 has in store. I'm ready to meet it with with love and experience the abundance and just just get it. So thank you all. With that, my name is Matthew, and here is to you having it all. Does your father know you're listening to this podcast? Well, when you're done, why don't you stop by and check out a show that is 100% dad-approved, Dadages. Hi there, I'm Chad Higgins. If you're looking for useful insights and practical advice you can actually apply to work, family, education, philanthropy, and just life in general, check out Dadages. That's D-A-D-A-G-E-S, wherever you listen to your podcasts.